Say amen. Surely. Our passage is one that's very familiar to us, and you've already heard it read today, but if you would like to keep your Bibles open to Psalm 23, I'll be referring back down to the text in just a few moments as we study through it today. Uh, sure is good to be back with you. We enjoyed, our family did, some vacation time this past week. Matthew brought the Word of the Lord uh, for us, and just grateful that Matthew was able to be here and that you all were able to experience his message. And uh, on behalf of our staff, I want to just express gratitude on uh, the opportunity to have some vacation, to be away with family, to be refreshed. And, and then it's always good to get back. And uh, so it's great to see your smiling faces today and uh, look forward to uh, what God has in store for us as we continue to journey together, uh, starting the new church year this fall. I'm just really excited uh, about it. Uh, before I uh, preach, uh, I did want to say Carol Ashworth, it's good to see you this morning. If you don't know, Carol Ashworth is one of our members, and she is now the chaplain for Chippenham Johnston Willis Hospital Systems. We'll be at Chip, what, three days a week? And JW, two days a week. So we are thankful that God has placed you there. Let's give the Lord a hand for Carol today. It's wonderful, wonderful. All right. We hope that we won't see you there. We hope we'll see, if we have to go, we hope, but we hope that you, you won't have to encounter there, there but, but here. But it's good to have you there. So, all right. Well, we're in a series this summer at HRBC called Dear God. And if you have been with us for a while, you know that we're studying the names of God. If you're new to us, we're going through some of the different names of God. There are over 100 different unique names for God throughout the Bible. And th those names don't imply that there are many gods, simply that one God is known in a lot of different ways. That one God, a great and awesome God, uh, reveals God's self to us in the big stuff and in the small stuff. And that we can know God in some really cool parts of our life in some really neat ways. So the first message by way of recap uh, express the name God Almighty. In the Hebrew is El Shaddai. And in that message, we learned that God is known both as the awesome, powerful God, but is also a nurturing, loving, very intimate God. The word Shaddai implies both of those understandings, great and awesome and nurturing. And then the second name of God that we studied was Jehovah Rophe. And in the Hebrew, Jehovah Rophe means the God who heals. And you remember that the Israelites had been led through the Red Sea and they found themselves in the wilderness where they would spend 40 years journeying. Moses is their leader. And they had been almost, well, three days without water. And they feared that they would die. And God spoke and said, I am the God who heals you. Be, and, and, in our understanding, be confident, trust me. And then God led them to an oasis and provided for them. So El Shaddai, God Almighty, Jehovah Rophe, I am the God who heals you. Next Sunday, we're going to unpack what it means to call the God of the universe our friend. A lot of people have a tough time understanding how the God who created all that exists can be my friend. And in some sense, we might think that's disrespectful to call that great and awesome God 
our friend? Is God my buddy? So it'll be neat to unpack that. And then in the last message, as we wrap up the series, we're going to look at God as our Savior and our Redeemer, that He sent Jesus Christ to save us from our sins and to redeem our lives and to make us whole again. Today, we're studying God as our shepherd, our good shepherd. And we're looking to this wonderful prayer in Psalm 23 where David writes, the Lord is my shepherd. David acknowledges that God is a loving, attentive, and compassionate shepherd. David trusted God to care for him, to provide his needs in times of trouble and in good times as well. Our youth are studying this passage in their weekly Bible study that meets on Monday mornings at Chick-fil-A. So if you're a student and you're interested in that, check it out. And uh, their goal through the end of the month is to have memorized Psalm 23. I already heard some of them sharing it and they're well on their way. And I would hope that if we haven't put it to memory yet, perhaps we will join our students and follow their lead and memorize Psalm 23. I believe that you will be blessed if you do that. John didn't know I was going to put that picture up, so thanks for letting me uh, indulge that picture today, John. Thanks for leading our youth, too, in their study. David says it very plain in Psalm 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. And if you've ever read Scripture over and over again, often you can accentuate words throughout the verse. And I might help us with that verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. Let's say that. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Say that. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. As you pray through Psalm 23, perhaps you'll take some time to accentuate each word and ask God to help you to know the voice of the shepherd, even even more intimately. In the Old Testament, God is referred to as shepherd, which we've already said. The Hebrew words there are Jehovah Rophe. If you're taking notes, you can jot that down. Jehovah, I'm sorry, it's Jehovah Roe. Jehovah Rophe was the God who heals us. Jehovah Roe is the Lord is shepherd. The word Roe is the Hebrew word for shepherd, and it's used there in verse 1, and it's found in a lot of other places in the Old Testament. And I'd like us to walk through the psalm today, and then we're going to move to a prayer at the end of the message that can help us as we journey through this week. So as we pray the names of God, we look at the very first part of the, of the passage. It's broken down, the psalm is, into like four units. And verses 1 through 3 make up the first unit. I'm u- using... The King James again. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And if you'll pay attention to these first three verses, the psalmist David is speaking from his heart. 
And he's using the personal pronoun my and me. The Lord is my shepherd. He maketh me lie down. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leadeth me in the right paths for his name's sake. So it's a very close, intimate relationship that David has with his God. God, his shepherd. That helps us to see that God cares about our needs. He cares about us as the person that God desires to have a close, personal relationship with each one of us. And there's not a thing in the world selfish about praying to God about the needs that you have. Not a thing in the world. Sometimes we just have to pause and acknowledge ourselves before God and the needs that we have. In this passage, he's saying, God cares about me. God, you care about me. And this is almost a testimony to us that David offers that he can encourage each of us to uh, seek the provision of God who cares about each of us. And then the second part of the psalm is verse 4. It's kind of the center of the psalm. And it helps us to see that God is reliable. Look at verse 4. Yea, or even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. He's saying God is reliable. Even though I go through tough times, I'm not going to fear anything because God is with me. And God's rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Even when I may get off of the path of God, Or if I stumble and fall, God, like a shepherd, is going to pick me back up and is going to carry me to the end of the journey. God is reliable. David is saying to each of us that the God of the universe who has revealed Himself as God the shepherd is reliable. And then the next section of the psalm is verse 5. We're just kind of working through uh, seeing some of the high points of the psalm today. Verse 5, Thou prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. And here I see David acknowledging gratitude for God. Because God loves it when His people are grateful. David express, expresses gratitude in this prayer for His hospitality and His protection. Uh, and there's a shift in the psalm here I want to pay close attention to. The first four verses speak of a shepherd leading sheep as David experienced that when he was a shepherd himself. But then verse 5 shows us a transition from the shepherd out in the field to a shepherd king. Because in the Old Testament, kings were viewed as shepherds. And here, the shepherd king, David is saying, God as my shepherd king prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. And if you were seated, if you were invited to the table of the king and seated next to the king behind the table at the feast of the king, then you had all of the provision and all of the protection that the king offered. You did not have to worry about any of your enemies. It's almost like you could sit across the table from your enemies and go, now that's reading a little bit beneath the lines. But that's the protection and the provision that the king offers as our shepherd. And David is expressing gratitude in his prayer for what God offers. And then in the last verse, 
David is acknowledging that God's promises are for sure. Just like the little girl said, surely, 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 goodness and mercy shall follow me, that God will pursue us. That's what that means, that God pursues us. That we don't ever have to worry about God giving up on us because as a shepherd loves the sheep, shepherds would pursue a lost sheep, pursue that relationship. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me or pursue me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. God's promises are for sure. And now we see this connection in the New Testament with Jesus who says, I am the good shepherd. God sent Jesus, His Son, to be a shepherd to us in the flesh. And in the New Testament, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. John 10, 11. I am the good shepherd. And the Greek there is poimen kalos. If you're taking notes, you can jot that down. Poimen kalos. Poimen is the Greek word for shepherd. And it's where we derive the word pastor in the New Testament. Pastors are, are shepherds of the flock in the local church. Poimen, shepherd. Jesus said, I am the shepherd. And kalos is the Greek word for good. A pastor, shepherd. Jesus is saying, I'm good. And that implies all of the goodness that God has to offer. When we acknowledge Jesus as our good shepherd, we acknowledge a relationship with Him. And to understand this, I want to go back to John 10.10. Some of it Matthew read already. But I'd like to start at verse 1 in chapter 10. So if you have your Bible and your, or your Bible app and want to flip over, feel free. The words will be on the screen as well. Jesus says, Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. Remember that. The sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes ahead of them and his sheep follow because they know his voice. I'll pause there. Shepherds did not lead from behind. Shepherds did not lead with a cattle prod. Shepherds led out ahead And they led their sheep, and the sheep followed because they knew the authentic voice of the shepherd. You and I, as we lead in the church, remember that. Simply remember the example that we cannot expect a group of people to go somewhere by coercion. That we must lead from ahead. And if we have built a relationship and there's trust and confidence there, then the sheep will will follow. That's the model that Jesus gives us. No matter whether you're leading a class or a small group, or leading in the church in some way, or a team, remember that the shepherd would lead from out in front. And then verse 5, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Sheep knew the voice of their shepherd. They knew it. When the shepherd came out in the morning to call the sheep, All of the different shepherds would mix their sheep together at nighttime while they rested. But in the morning, the sheep would only follow the voice of their particular unique shepherd. And that's what Jesus is trying to help us to understand. We we do not want to listen to the stranger's 
voice. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd, Jesus says. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Verse 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. There are a lot of voices that clamor for our attention. This is what I want to focus on for the remaining time that we have. Will we know the voice of the shepherd or will we pay attention to the clamoring voices that this world brings? Some of you may be familiar with a great devotional book called Jesus Calling, written by Sarah Young. And Sarah went through a very difficult time in her life and in fact still experiences great health concerns. And out of her own experience, she journaled how God spoke to her and that became the book Jesus Calling. And there's a reading for every day of the year. And I will always remember several years ago an entry that really changed me. It was on October 15th. It's the October 15th entry. If you have the book, check out the October 15th entry. And I'm going to read part of that to you just now. Try to stay conscious of me. And these are the words of God to Sarah as she's penned them in Jesus' calling. So I want you to hear it in that way. Try to stay conscious of me as you go step by step through this day. My presence is with you is both a promise and a protection. My final statement just before I ascended into heaven was, surely I am with you always. There's again that word, surely. That promise was for all my followers without exception. She continues in her her writing. The promise of my presence, again, God to Sarah, God to us, the promise of my presence is a powerful protection. As you journey through your life, there are numerous pitfalls along the way. And this is what really changed my life. Many voices clamor for your attention, enticing you to go their way. Voices in this world that clamor for our attention, that can cause us not to hear the voice of the shepherd and stray outside of the way God desires for us to go. She writes, a few steps away from your true path are pits like self-pity and despair, plateaus of pride and self-will. If you take your eyes off me and follow another's way, you are in grave danger. Even well-meaning friends can lead you astray if you let them usurp my place in your life. The way to stay on the path of life is to keep your focus on me. Awareness of my presence is your best protection. What voice or voices are clamoring for your attention and my attention today? Or in this season of life? There are several. There there may be more that you would add, but here are some that came to me. The voices of of self-pity and despair. Often we go through seasons where we find ourselves in a very dark place. 
Michael Phelps, who is, has just won another gold medal last night, is the most decorated Olympian of all times. But even after his great success in the 2012 Olympics, he found himself in a very dark place. In September of 2014, Michael Phelps was coming home from a casino in Baltimore. Some of you know the story. And he had told his now fiance that he was coming home, and she said, are you okay to drive? And he said, oh, sure. Well, he got into the harbor tunnel, and a harbor tunnel police officer pulled him over, and he was arrested and charged with DUI, and his license was taken away. One of the calls Michael Phelps made in that time of despair when these other voices were clamoring for his attention was Ray Lewis, the retired linebacker from the Baltimore Ravens and their dear friends. And Ray Lewis went out to visit Michael at his home and gave him a copy of Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life. And Michael says that that book changed his life and it helped him to check into rehab where he spent 45 days in Arizona trying to get his life back together. And thankfully, he was able to get God as his priority. And he will say he doesn't have everything perfect and we, we don't expect that. But God is now leading his life and he was able to get back into his routine and you have seen how he has influenced many, many people throughout these Olympics. Do not allow the voice of despair and self-pity to take you to a dark place where you find yourself staying because God desires for you to experience the fullness of all that He has to offer. There is hope if you just simply allow the voice of the shepherd to penetrate your heart. There's the voice of pride that we deal with. There's the voice of self-will where we say, I don't need God. I don't need anybody else. I don't need the church. I could just deal with it on my own. And if you've been in that kind of a place, you know that that voice is not the voice that you want to follow. There's also the voice of success. Often success can get in our way of hearing God's voice. And there's a great story from, again, the Rio Olympics of the divers, the synchronized divers, David Budia and Steele Johnson. They won the silver medal. And when reporter from NBC Kelly Stevast asked David, what does it mean to come out and medal here in the synchro event? David said, yeah, I just think this past week there's been an enormous amount of pressure and I felt it. You know, it's just an identity crisis. When my mind is on this, he says, thinking I'm defined by this, then my mind goes crazy. But we both know, speaking of Steele Johnson, but we both know our identity is in Christ. And they said that on international television. That they are not defined by success of earning a medal or winning a medal, but rather defined by their identity in Jesus Christ. And then the reporter asked Johnson, well, uh, for you, your first ever Olympic event, how were you able to maintain your composure? And he answered, I think that the way David answered it is flawless. The fact that I was going into this event knowing that my identity is rooted in Christ and now what the result of this composition is just gave me peace. It gave me ease and it let me enjoy the contest. Both of these young men were not defined by the voice of success but by being identified by the voice of Jesus Christ. 
There's also the voice of our peers that try to help us to go one way or the other. There's the voice of negativism and gossip that can cause us to lead in a way that is contrary to the way that God desires for us to go. This past week, I had the opportunity to attend the Global Leadership Summit that Willow Creek Church puts on. And I was at a simulcast here in Richmond. And uh, one of the speakers said, sometimes you have to go to, through the hall of haters on your way to the door of destiny. Sometimes people will persecute. Jesus says, blessed are those who are persecuted. We know that there are times that we will go through negativism and uh, where people may say this, that, or the other, but we've got to keep our eyes focused on Jesus and our ears listening to the voice of the authentic shepherd, Jesus Christ. There's the voices in social media and we get concerned about how many likes we have. There is the voice of our past that continuously keeps us from moving ahead to, to, toward the destiny that God has for us. There, there's the voice of guilt and shame that can creep up and keep us from experiencing the fullness that God has to offer. There can be the voice of substance or things that cause us to be addicted like uh, the voice of Bud Weiser, the, the voice of Evan Williams, or the voice of Johnny Walker. And you can imagine other things that can cause us to become addicted. Things that we see on the internet or things that we might read. God desires for us to listen to the voice of His Son who is the Good Shepherd. Not all of the clamoring voices that try to get our attention. I pray that we will not allow ourselves to listen to these other voices and be defined by them. I pray that we will not allow them to take our eyes off of Jesus, the Good Shepherd. I pray that we will know the authentic voice of the Good Shepherd for He knows our call. He knows our cry. He knows our hopes and our dreams. He knows the desires of our hearts. This week, let's pray through Psalm 23 as if we've met it again for the very first time. In your bulletin, there are a few notes that can help guide you as you pray through this passage. And I'll simply give you three key nuggets that can help you pray through this passage. When we pray to God as our shepherd first, we are acknowledging our dependency on God. Just like David, God, I depend on You. I can't go through this life without You. Second, we express our confidence in God just as David did. David trusted God. David was confident in God. And third, we admit our need for relationship with God. Surely you are with me always. Surely, as Jesus said. Surely I am with you always till the very end of the age. Surely. Surely. In the psalm, surely. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely. So there's dependency on God. There's confidence in God. And we admit that we need a relationship with God. So in your bulletin, there are a few questions. And I just pose these questions to all of us uh, today. Do you know the voice of the Good Shepherd? 
what voices clamor for your attention that can keep you from hearing it? And will you simply sell yourself out to choose to listen and believe the voice of truth? Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. If He said, I am the truth, then that means, as Henry Blackaby would say, the truth is a person. Will you choose to listen and believe the voice of truth? Casting Crowns has written that into one of their songs called The Voice of Truth. But the voice of truth tells me a different story. The voice of truth says, do not be afraid. The voice of truth said, this is for my glory. Out of all the voices calling out to me, the clamoring, I will choose to listen and believe the voice of truth. Let's pray.